You filed a flight plan to mountain rescue. If we don't report in, they'll come looking for us. Now, that's how it's supposed to work, except I put in a flight plan for Borum Caverns, and this isn't Borum Caverns, is it, Juno? We're in the wrong fucking cave. Holly was right. Borum Caverns was a tourist trap. I don't didn't... try and pin this fucking shite on me. This is not caving. This is an ego trip. Come on, Rebecca. I didn't know this was going to happen. This is exactly what we believe in. We've always said if there's no risk, what's the point? Well, don't try and justify this. Where, where are we? It hasn't got a name. It's a new system. I wanted us all to discover it. No one's ever been down here before. Fucking kidding. <sighs> Hello, welcome to Cheap Scares, the horror movie podcast that's always said, if there's no risk, what's the point? I'm David Schneider. And I'm Sybil Arnett, possibly a hallucination. So for this episode, we watched The Descent, a British horror film from 2005 to 2006, depending on where you live in the world. Uh, it's pretty good. Right, so uh, what are we watching next week? <laughs> well, I can't spoil it now if you like. No, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, this is uh, f- fairly well known. It's, it's sort of uh, like if you asked a random person on the street, have you heard of The Descent? There's probably like maybe, maybe like a 20% chance they know it. But people who are all in on horror stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty well remembered, I would say. Is this where I confess I actually found myself bored in this? Um, not, you know, that's completely fair. I, this is like four different movies just smashed against each other. And some of them are definitely better than others. The last third worked for me, but you can split it each act up based on the lead's head trauma. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, uh. People hang out. That's the first movie. They get together and hang out. Uh, honestly, like the the parts where they were crawling through extremely tight uh, caves uh, and tunnels and stuff, that part made me more legitimately uncomfortable than like anything we've watched on this so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I'm not that claustrophobic, but like. Two seconds into that, I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, call the helicopter. I'm, I'm out. Then it is a monster movie where people run around and get attacked by monsters. And then it's like this one woman action film. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I believe it is the making of a Tomb Raider. Yes. Uh, I did know initially when I played the Tomb Raider reboot from uh, 2013 I I knew I had heard that it uh, picked up some things from the descent. I did not know it uh, pulled entire scenes <laughs> and uh, locations. You know, just b- besides cave. Yeah, it um, the pool of blood was a thing. The pool of blood. Everybody loves that pool of blood. Yay, pool of blood! Yay, they're throwing a parade for pool of blood. <laughs> So yeah, it's a it's a fairly low budget thing. They uh, let me see. It looks like Wikipedia is saying three and a half million pounds for the budget, which is a uh, pretty pretty lean for uh, something like this. I feel a lot of that's got to be makeup. Probably, probably. Um, 
the cast was, uh, you know, largely unknowns at the time. Most of them, like, I, I believe they're all more or less still acting. Um, the only one you'd be really likely to recognize is um, Miana Buring. Buring, maybe? Um, mm-hmm. It's a Swedish name. She had a significant role on Downton Abbey for one season. Uh, she is on the new Witcher television series. Should I watch that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, but the, th- the thing that uh, the two of us specifically would remember that we have encountered her in is uh, also the Witcher. In uh, The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine, she was the English voice for Anna Henrietta. Hell yes. Who we hated, but she was a very interesting character and very well performed. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the reasons we disliked her had anything to do with performance. <laughs> no, not at all. Anyway, it's just that's just a side note that I thought was interesting. That is interesting, actually. Yeah, I. So yeah, she's she's definitely the one who has had the most career since this film. At least for us worldwide plebeians. <laughs> and so there is a movie that I suppose we should talk about. Um, we, we began with uh, some extreme sports. There's, I guess technically most of the movie is extreme sports. Uh, there's, there are three women whitewater rafting, which we later learn their names are Sarah, Beth, Juno. The the main cast is uh, six women who go down into the cave later. Um, there is definitely a a goal here to make them you know more realistic than you would necessarily see in most uh most ho- uh horror movies. Like uh, if if you're watching a monster movie, you might expect them to be like more archetypical. And so they're they're m- like more normal human beings than that like everybody's got a little bit of something but it's not like the 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 prey (laughs) which we saw before where everybody clearly fits a slot i feel like this opening bit was definitely bit heavily from by one quentin tarantino for death proof sure um a lot of the same energy that is the movie that I saw so drunk, I only remember that I saw it. That is the movie I walked out of when I went to see Grindhouse, because two hours in, I was not putting up with this anymore. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. So I guess the main issue with that is um, there are it, the vast majority of this movie uh, takes place in uh, heavy, heavy darkness. <laughs> Like, uh, mostly lit by, uh, their flashlights and, uh, flares and whatnot. And so it all blurs together really badly. Especially once they start kind of yelling at each other. I can only remember four names. The, the ones here, as I said, uh, Sarah, Beth, and Juno. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Beth. I didn't go back and check actually. <laughs> yes. Uh they they are they are the best of friends of this group. And several others will come later. So these three are whitewater rafting. 
Uh, they're going down a rapid, and that's kind of it. We we watch them do that. They're having a great time. Yeah, cool rapids. There there is a man and a small child uh, observing, and uh, it it turns out that is the family of Sarah, our main character. Once they reach the end of the ride, I guess, um, they get out and um, they playfully push uh, Juno off of the raft. And it's like, ha ha, you're all wet now. And she's just like, ha ha, sh I sure am. Uh, she gets out of the water and um, the man uh, goes over and, uh, you know, just go goes over and takes care of her, like maybe a little bit too much. And the other two women just sort of stand there and stare at it. We're we're left to <laughs> figure what the hell that means uh, for most of the movie. The acting in this very first bit, the cold open, is um, horrendous. And I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I kind of think it's intentional just because... Hearing Paul speak when we're following the Sarah Jessica Paul car is where it's like, wow, I sound so wooden. And then all of a sudden the jump scare really gets me because of that. Hmm, I see. So yeah, um, he is he's lost in thought as he's driving and uh, suddenly he drifts into the other lane at the worst possible time. Uh, he crashes into another car and... Uh, I guess it's got some unsecured metal pipes on top of it. And, uh, yeah, they go f flying straight into him. And he's done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we don't see what happens to the little girl in the back seat, but, um, she didn't make it either. We only had enough effects for man-sized wounds. The, the girl had to die off screen. Also, they probably just didn't want to show that. I'm just saying, you make your budget count. Sure. Sarah wakes up in the hospital. Uh, takes about two seconds to figure out uh, where she is, what's going on, and then just immediately unplugs herself from uh, the IVs and everything. Just rips it all out and just goes running out into the hallway. Um, She's in Silent Hill for about ten seconds here. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of, this is pretty weird. Uh, the lights start uh, going out one by one in the hallway, and she just starts running away from that, screaming. And then she's just back in the real world and with her her rafting buddies, and the the descent. She she starts sobbing because uh, her family is gone. The descent. <laughs> the title just pops up. And one year later, we resume in the Appalachians. And they actually yep. punctuate this with banjo underneath. <laughs> the Appalachians. <laughs> um, yeah, they are listening to the radio, uh, the, the disgusting American radio. The, uh, uh, all of the six main characters are European, by the way. Um, and they, they do not like this American radio that they are hearing. It is either country music or Jesus music, and so they just turn it right off. Turn that shite off. Yes, that shite. Um, Sarah, Sarah is doing her thousand-yard stare. Uh, 
just she's she's just like that now. Um and uh Beth is driving and <laughs> she she's saying uh, like we don't have to do this. We could get wasted, go to a barn dance. <laughs> yeah. Which what? Um Yeah, I I guess uh Juno uh, kind of ran away after the accident. And that's kind of a thing, and she's feeling guilty about it. And so she invited these two and three other f- friends from where wherever they live. Scotland, I guess. The United Kingdom. Yes, uh, to come and check out a cool cave. Uh, d- 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 do we have any thoughts on... Any of the women, uh, I think Juno looks like an older iCarly, <laughs> Holly's the punk girl, that's about yep. all I can keep track of. Um, Beth is, like, very slightly older than the rest. They they seem to be implying that she's, like, the one in her 30s, but she looks, like, maybe a year older than most of them, um... So um they're they're driving to a cabin. Inside the cabin we also we also find um the two sisters, the Swedish sisters, uh Becca and Sam. They have a, a hell of an accent. Oh yeah. Uh Sam is the younger one and she is in the last year of her doctorate. She's going to be a medical doctor, which turns out they are going to need that. Oh yeah. And yeah, um, then after they playfully uh, talk about how Beth is, like, going downhill after 25, <laughs> I don't know, they, they all look older than that, but it, it's not, again, it's not, it's not as bad as the Prey situation. Oh, you mean we're not Riverdaling this? No, no. I, I, even Riverdale people look younger than that. Um... <laughs> Holly, the last of the six, uh, pops out of a bedroom, and she is, uh, as you said, the punk. She's got uh, short, spiky hair, and she is, she is ready to go. She is, uh, she is the most extreme of sports. Um, they call her a mentalist, which I don't think that's the right word. It's, yeah. My familiarity with that term is definitely something incredibly different to what Holly shows yeah. herself as. I guess it, it that also might just be a regional thing. Maybe. Uh, anyway, they they all hang out for a long time, drinking uh, their party, a, a very low key party, really. Um. A no- notable is when uh, Beth comes out in her floral print pajamas, and everybody thinks this is just unbelievably funny. This is where the film lost me for a bit, because clearly I'm supposed to be thinking, gals being pals, we're just having a go of it, and yeah, all they, I'm they... thinking is, I know nothing about you, and none of this is giving me anything to <laughs> dig into. Yeah, no- nothing at all. Uh, they are... They they are palling around a little too much. 
they they need a little more exposition i think you know they they wouldn't be sitting there uh, saying like hello my name is sarah i lost my husband and daughter in an accident last year like so i guess it's it, it is more realistic that way but also we are not one of these six great friends so it just kind of blurs together really um yeah, it feels like if you meet a buddy who you haven't seen in a while, and he's brought some of his friends, and they all have these in-jokes, and you're just like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's this whole scene. <laughs> oh, a sports fuck, huh? Yeah, cool. <laughs> sure, sure, um... Yeah, that that, that is what drink. Holly... That is what Holly describes herself as, uh... She she is not currently attached while they are discussing uh, significant others. Uh, she's a sports fuck right now, but she does want a lot of babies eventually. I guess. Sure. Anyway, this, this is just kind of nothing. There's nothing to talk about here. You like it or you don't, really. But uh, later that night, Sarah is uh, wide awake. She can't sleep. So she gets up and just sort of wanders over and stares out the window, and a pipe just comes right through into her eyeball, and then she wakes up for real. And that one did get me. That yeah, that was, was an actual good move. That was a weird jump scare. I thought this film was going to be a lot more about PTSD and trauma and doubting the reality, and they yeah. kind of leave all those things behind, despite hinting heavily at it. Yeah, the, it it comes up like a little bit every now and then, but ultimately doesn't really do much to inform the plot or uh, the events or anything really. It's just um, a any time that it comes up, it's just like kind of a weird little horror thing, like a like some somebody did does j jumps down from elsewhere. And it's a jump scare. Ah, it's a fun prank to pull on your your uh, incredibly PTSD-ridden friend. Yeah, no one in this group seems to know what appropriate jokes are. So after a full night of drinking, uh, they uh, they all wake up early. Juno wakes them up early. Uh, it's incredibly obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And so they. They get themselves together, and uh, then they take a group photo. Which, you can already tell looking at it and knowing what genre <laughs> we're in, this is definitely a last known photo. Yeah, not even remotely subtle about it. Uh, as soon as they take it, the sinister music starts playing. Not a joke. I, I was thinking, oh, this is a... Well, this is going to be... Si That's even more on the nose. <laughs> And uh, then they're off. They're, they, they've got two cars, uh, SUVs, I guess. Uh, they're flying down a dirt road. Uh, Sarah's trying the daredevil response to grief, seeing how that tastes. All of her driving terrifies me. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's really bad. And it would, it would be bad on, like, regular pavement roads, but uh, dirt roads in the middle of the woods it looks like they could crash at any second really and depending on where they live in the uk 
they might have roads akin to this. So True. you can't even say inexperience on this sort of terrain. No, she's like I said, she's just trying this out for for uh for a spin. She's she's like, okay, well, wh- what if I drive like I'm gonna die? How how does that feel? And I guess it doesn't feel that good because she just it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in one of one of the cars, uh, Sam the doctor, uh, she has a really hideous orange watch that she's trying to set, and she just sort of pokes at it for later. She's like, I don't know how to do anything with this thing. And then it never comes up again for like 50 minutes. It's from my boyfriend. Yep. They continue along this road for a while. Uh, Again, just sort of like establishing that they are very, very, very far away from everything. Mostly. Probably like an hour's drive to a hospital, maybe. Yeah. Um. But they they uh they they finally get there. They find the caves, the Borham Caverns, which uh, Holly thinks is for stupid little babies. And uh, so does Juno. Bum bum bum. She, she calls them more like a boredom caves. Uh, they are they are apparently level supposed to be level two caves, which immediate immediately proves uh untrue. <laughs> Because they have to rappel down 50 feet uh, because it's just a hole in the ground. Was it just me or is the shot while they go down really bad green screen? Yeah, no, that was uh, there's the green screening in this is not great. Again, low budget. The actual like cave walls and stuff that they built and uh, like those shots are good. Those are uh, totally well done. It's just uh, anytime they have to cut to a wide shot, it does kind of show the cracks a little bit. This this drop is the only time that I found myself going, because you can almost see one of them with aliasing jaggies around her as she comes (laughs) at the screen. Yeah, you're you're not really supposed to looking that closely but it's it's right there hmm. um as as they go down uh it, it is an, a wide shot of the entire group and one of them god only knows which one says i'm an english teacher not fucking tomb raider yeah do you think that line is what caused that to stick in some designer's head for a decade i don't think so Okay. Like it, it T- Tomb Raider is a very well-known property in in England. It's like or in in Britain. It's it's one of the really really like big global uh video game phenomenons. It's true. They thought like that it's... Dizzy was going to be their major export on the global <laughs> stage, but no, it had to be Lara <sighs> Croft with her own eggs. I can't believe Croc 2 didn't do it. I don't actually know if Croc 2 is... I don't know what country the Croc games came from. Uh, The Um, Croc games are British, and I like Croc 2. I wish it was a finished game. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... I'm just going to disagree. I think they're terrible. Uh, (laughs) I said I like Croc 2. I guess that's fair. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's like Tomb Raider and 
GTA, and that's about it, really. Right, yeah, I, f- I always forget that I Rockstar and DMA started as a British thing because of the fact that they have a local studio, so it's just like, oh yeah, Rockstar, that multinational group of assholes. <laughs> wow, what a descent. Speaking of descending... <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> trying to find an escape. Um, hey, there we go. <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they all go down one by one, or one to two at a time. Uh, Holly decides to just basically just fall the entire, uh, the entire way because she's way too edgy to follow safety. Ugh. Oi, not worth nothing if you don't get five scars and a broken bone. <laughs> not actual dialogue, but basically her entire ethos. Yeah, I, I would, I would say she, uh, she got, she got all of that pretty much. Hmm. Uh, she's got a camcorder. Uh, th- uh, this is okay. So my theory on the descent, I could never find any like actual proof. That of uh, whether this is true or not, I feel like this movie started development as a found footage film, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, got retooled once uh, somebody decided that wouldn't uh, that might not be profitable because this was in that sort of period between uh, Blair Witch Project and uh, Paranormal Activity, where. Like, there was that one, and it was a huge hit, and we don't know if it's a fluke or not. I could really see that just sort of being, like, you know what, let's just make, let's just uh, zoom out a little bit, let's just make this a more regular movie. Because uh, the th- some of the things they do with the camera, especially later on, really, really feel like uh, like one of those. I could see that. And a retooling would explain a lot about a couple things in the script that go nowhere, as well as the very final act is when we just finally start using the infrared cameras heavily. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh It's like the last twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, if they if they did all the effects work on those and then redid everything around it, that would make some sense. Yeah. Um Obviously, Paranormal Activity came out, and also Wreck, and also Cloverfield, all at the same time, and they all made a ton of money. So, you know, this is a this is officially a thing now, but it wasn't quite there yet when this came out, so. That's my theory, I'm sticking to it. I do like that idea, and it does explain the very, very jarring sudden switch to the cameras at the very end. So yeah, the camcorder is now in play, and uh, Sarah is just sort of examining the the entrance, ho- the the cave foyer. I guess <laughs> <laughs> she notices like uh, it looks like bloody finger marks embedded into the rock. And she's just like, "Huh, weird," and just moves along. There was one other subtle warning sign we didn't mention before this their long walk in was past a pretty brutalized deer oh yes yes it was super dead yeah and nobody uh, really comments on it it's just like well oh i guess animals just explode here in the u.s 
Yeah, half of them just go up to investigate. Really, they're like really excited about it, but they move on. There's not a lot of dialogue here. It's just <laughs> shots of walking through a cavern. I don't want to jump ahead to where the inciting incident is, but we kind of don't have much. Uh, we we have the the time Sarah accidentally activated the bat trap. She uh, she <laughs> right, gets near yes. a crack in the wall, and turns out it's got hundreds of uh, CGI bats in it. <laughs> that did actually make me giggle, just because. So Nobody really of them. comments on it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that happened. Holly starts going one, <laughs> two, <laughs> and basically yes, yes, the count joke. Off. That's the only commentary. They basically tell her to fuck off. It did laugh though. But there's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, we start descending bit by bit, okay, and we're gonna go down, and, well, we have a problem, because Sarah has gotten stuck trying yep. to follow the rest of them. This is, uh, like, several minutes of very, very tight shots in not enough corridor. Like, uh, they have, they have to, like, swim underwater at one point, and it's, like, barely as wide as they are. And it's, you know, only a level two cavern is probably where... I, if, yeah, I, th I, th yeah, I think it's a little above level two. I guess the question is, when does the thing we find out two minutes from now come into play? How far back were they misled? Um, I mean, basically from the beginning, um, they, cause they, they do keep saying that the caverns that they are supposed to be going to are just like a tourist trap for babies and the elderly, basically. So, Wine and, moms. Yes. Wine moms and, uh, wine moms to be. <laughs> wine future moms. Wine mom's in training. <laughs> wine mom. Mom wine. Just leave them leave them in a room together and just uh let 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 uh let the magic happen. <laughs> I don't Anyhow, I don't... through a series of about three events, we discover that Juno has possibly just gotten them all killed. Yes. Um so you you mentioned Sarah gets stuck and uh so she she immediately starts panicking. Mm -hmm. Um, and Beth is just ahead, and she's like fairly reasonably, I think, uh, trying to uh tell her to just breathe and just calm down. You can breathe. You can do this. Just uh, just relax, and then it will be much easier to get free. If my big Polnareff self could get through this, you can get through this too, Sarah. Come on, I'll pull you. <laughs> Finally, uh, what what actually works to calm her down is uh, a joke. How do you give a lemon an orgasm? You tickle it citrus. Which you know, I've heard worse. Anyway, uh, she she gets loose, but uh. Before she is able to get, like, turn back and grab the ro the bag of ropes that she had to uh, drop in order to make it through, 
Oh, the cave just started shaking. Yup. Let's go, actually. Fuck the rope bag. Yeah, you know, very tight space with the cave-in. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. So, Sarah's KO'd here for the first time, right? Uh, I think so. Because we have the cake flashback. Yeah, there's a couple shots of, uh, like, she hears some some child laughing in the distance, but I think this is the first time we see the the first time we see the cake since uh since the very uh beginning of the movie yeah when she was out and the rapid after the crash yeah apparently she dreams of her daughter uh being spooky near a cake it is the most ominous birthday cake you have ever seen because <laughs> it is filmed in pitch black yeah this movie does have a very good sense of uh like light and dark it does get kind of hard to see. I feel like this would be a really good candidate for HDR. I just felt around the end of it that I probably should have watched it in a dark room or a theater would have given me some bonus points. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, was, I was watching in the dark, so. Also, when they get down to the flares, it feels like I'm playing a virtual boy. Yeah, the flares do get a bit much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, like I said earlier, um, everything is more or less lit, more or less realistically. Um, <laughs> uh, like the, the light sources are at least generally suggested to be the things that they are, uh, that they brought with them. Um, it, it does cheat a bit with the, the flares, like, or like the glow sticks, especially to turn a lot of stuff green around them. Which is weird because it's only a brief segment, and I kind of feel like it's just meant to give you any different color to look at for a few minutes. Yeah, there's, there, there's prob- that's probably not wrong. <laughs> so, Sarah comes to, and we've got, you know, a, a few minutes have passed, whatever, everyone's reassembled. And this is where I forget who calls Juno out, but someone goes, yeah, this isn't the baby cave, is it, Juno? Yeah, I believe that was uh, Rebecca. This is like her first scene actually doing anything. She is the old, the older Swedish sister. Yeah. So it turns out Juno might have, you know, told the park rescue service that they were going to the baby cave, but they're just down in one that's unexplored and has no name well juno told the group that they were going to the baby cave and then the group told park rescue Mm, yes and so but so that that is how they got screwed it is a new cave i wanted us all to discover it no one's ever been down here before don't ever do this (laughs) no don't do not Do not ever surprise your friends with a new cave. This is the worst surprise. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, The the whole room of the party at this point is, good job, Juno. You just got us all killed. (laughs) They, They are not happy about this. And Sarah 
notices but does not comment on, oh, okay, there's there's cave paintings around here. So, yep. And she also hears like a weird chittering noise. I don't know. Yep. Human mouth noises, pretty much. And then there's another period of kind of dead air as we're trying to make our way through caverns. Yep. Then uh, we we do, before too long, we do get to the next thing that made me extremely, extremely uncomfortable, which was the ravine scene. Yeah. Uh, turns out uh, they, they're going to need to climb along the ceiling in order to, uh, to continue. And there is, there, you know, there, there is nothing to climb onto the ceiling with. Yeah, they've got very few pieces of gear that came down because, you know, the sack is on the other side of a cave-in. Yep, and this is finally Becca's time to shine. Uh, she's got extremely good upper arm strength, or upper body strength. And uh, so she starts hanging from the ceiling and cr- sort of shuffling along with, uh, with some hooks. And we get to see every single little goddamn second of it. And it's awful. I would die. I would 100% this f- die. This freaked me out less because I used to hit up a lot of rock climbing gyms, and once you get to a certain degree, they start having the ones where you do this vertically or upside down and back (laughs) around, and it's like, oh, yeah, God, this takes me back. Yeah, I I guess that's fair. If if you are used to it, it is not as bad. She doesn't seem like she likes it very much. She's, uh, She's yelling. As well, she does it. The difference between me going to a rock climbing gym and her doing this above the ravine is yes. one of us had safety gear and a counterweight. <laughs> uh, one of them dropped a rock down, uh, down, down the cave and it's just like, wow, thanks. Now we know how deep it is. Good job. Yup. <laughs> Uh, so th- she's setting up ropes and stuff for the other less cool climbers. And she notices another hook that's already in the ceiling. What's this all about? Ancient pitons over a hundred years old based on their estimation of what's involved. Mm-hmm. But this actually kills the mood even further because... If someone had been here and made it out, the cave would have a name already, and I can't fault that logic. It's completely, uh, every, uh, it, the dots connect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once the ropes are set up, they all go across one by one. Uh, Juno decides it's her turn to be cool, which is a mistake. Uh, she, she's like, well, we already lost one rope bag. We're going to need more supply. We're going to need all the supplies that we already have. So I'm going to collect everything on my way back. Uh, she does, of course, lose, uh, lose her uh, balance and she drops. And they, they, do, they do save her with the rope, but uh, they have to, uh, uh, one of them has to grab it with her hands. Has to grab the rope with her hands. Which, uh, the other end of the rope is a falling human being, and so it slices it right open. Yep. That is Sam. I only know that because of later when her hands are wrecked. 
Mm -hmm. I remember some of these characters based on how they die. So, yeah. So at this point, uh, they they continue along and uh, they notice some some cave some more I guess more cave paintings and uh, Beth insists that uh, they use a flare to light up the whole thing so they can see it. And hey, what's this on the picture? It's two cave entrances. And so Yay! hope is restored for about five minutes. Except it's probably closer to two because that's when things growl. <laughs> yep, there's there's a, a thing nearby. Uh, it opens its mouth and some slime comes out. And this is the halfway point of the movie. And we have seen the monster. Not in clear light yet, though. They do hide oh. that for a bit. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's lit from the other side. Uh, <laughs> Holly decides she's sick of this shit, and she just starts booking it through the caves. She's like diving headfirst into tunnels. Yeah. It's, and a, a big surprise, uh, she's not careful, and she falls into a hole and destroys her leg. Oh, yeah. And it's, um, again, I, I made the joke about uh, we only had so much effect for wounds. This is one of those times they spent the money with the bone mm -hmm. sticking out. Yep. We see the bone. We see it getting pushed back in. Because you our have doctor. to splint it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, sure. I'm not a doctor. It sounds plausible to me. I'm half a doctor. That's correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, a really, really uncomfortable triage scene, basically. Yeah. But at this point, we're finally in the movie. Yes, uh, Sarah uh, wanders off because she hears something else again. She's real good at wandering off. <laughs> uh, and, oh, hey, what's this person over here? Some strange naked cave person. And a conquistador helmet. Yep, and, yeah, sure. Sure, I, I don't know, I, I don't recall the helmet. I, I mean, I, I, I recall, I, I noted the helmet, I don't recall it ever coming up again. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, it's just like, it's basically the only thing that really gives a time period on when these last explorers were here. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, she, so Sarah, once... Once the surgery's done, once the bone's pushed all the way back in and the screaming's done, um, Sarah is just like, well, hey, I, there's people here. Maybe they can help these strange cave nudists. <laughs> that seems like it should be a Holly line because she would just be like, boy, let me get a piece of that. <laughs> yeah. And so the, they can they continue along. Um, the 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 wound the leg wound is uh splinted enough that they can at least move her yeah and uh so places happen some some more caves and uh then they find themselves in a whole bunch it's just like a big old giant mess of animal bones and someone steps in something wrong, and we've split the party as Sarah falls in a hole. <laughs> uh, well, first they've got to all fight a monster. 
I thought she fell before it came out. Um, let me see. Not, let me, I'm trying to find where this happens. No, they, uh, they see the monster and they start fighting and kind of scatter. Mm-hmm. And that, okay, that's and so af- after that is where that, where this happens. Um, it is much faster than they are and can climb along all the walls and the ceiling. Um, it's really, I don't know. I just, the monsters are really, I, I feel like they should have made it more monstrous than they did. It just kind of looks like, like people. It, like when they're running around and clawing people, it's, uh, it's pretty effective. But when they like, reach their faces into the shot to snarl or like start biting uh people in the stomach it uh, doesn't doesn't really look right i don't know yeah if you've seen uh a lot of the american horror story posters use this sort of eyeless woman as kind of an unofficial mascot that's basically what these things look like except with a lot of hunching <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, after we've spent five minutes watching, uh, horrible leg agony, um, Holly just get just eats shit pretty much immediately. Holly gets murked. Uh, it, the, the monster just vaults over her and then turns around and just bites her right on the neck and rips off the neck flesh that she needs and she's done. One down, five to go. (laughs) So, Juno is making an attempt. Juno is swinging at it, and she's fighting to keep Holly's body, and she doesn't succeed, and she just starts getting more and more panicked. And she's swinging a pickaxe, and she does take it out, but she doesn't stop swinging, and when Beth tries to get her reined in, that's when she gets gone. Yeah, she whirls around with the climbing axe, which is, again, exactly the axe they used in Tomb Raider. Um, mm-hmm. She whirls around and just embeds directly into Beth's neck. Just all the way through. And... You know, uh, she's she, at this point, Juno's just like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And she just kind of leaves. Uh, Beth is still alive somehow. She stays alive for like a really long time, I think, for the wound that we saw. I would say probably 15 to 30 minutes, given the events of the film, which, yeah, yeah. probably too long. Yeah. Uh. She is left behind to die. And I, I, I get it, it's a surprise that she is still alive later. Like a, you know, a, a fun, pleasant surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere in here, Sarah has another birthday cake dream and wakes up with a jump scare. Mm-hmm. And but this she's is, on this is where the camcorder stuff starts really going into overdrive. She's the only one for a while. She, uh, well, she she doesn't have a light. Uh, yeah. Because they do not know, they haven't figured out yet that uh, 
the monsters uh, entirely hunt by sound. I think that's the exact next scene with Sam and Rebecca. Yeah. Well, uh, they they sort of figure it out individually in different scenes because they have split up. Sam and Rebecca are the ones who say it out loud. Yes. Audience, have you not figured it out? She wakes up. She is on uh, a pile of mostly human bones, and like, there's a fully intact wolf head to to get you. I guess <laughs> it does um, look pretty good. Their their bone work is excellent through this film. Yeah. Uh, she's she, so she is using the camcorder, the the night vision mode to see anything, uh, and she just kind of pulls herself up into a corner and waits for a while while they uh they chow down on Holly's body. I say they there's a bunch of them it turns out. I I don't think we mentioned that. There's there's a bunch of the monsters. Yeah. At a certain point around the second or third battle royale melee is when I started going how are there so many of them they can't <laughs> be hunting enough meat to sustain this colony. Yeah, it is uh they discuss it later and uh the conclusion that the characters come up with is that uh, they, the monsters know of an exit and they go out and hunt for animals and drag them back in. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it seems, seems like, like a lot. too many, especially the way that they eat. We see something between two dozen and 50 depending on the body count. I don't know how many of them are returning or getting away, but there's multiple scenes that just involve people going hog wild on the actors in the crawler suits. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's a lot of bodies. Let's see what... Uh, the This is where things ramp up. So there's a lot of... Uh, Cla a, a lot of clashing scenes bumped up against each other, and they they're all in various cave places, <laughs> so it's a, a little hard to keep up. Uh, so yeah, the two sisters, uh, they're still they're still going. Uh, they they hide up into a hole for a while, just kind of hope for the best. Uh, they. This is where they figure out that being quiet is the way to go. I guess the monsters can't smell. Because they, they, it just crawls like right up on them and doesn't figure it out. But Incredibly just... cold move as Sam and Rebecca hear Juno screaming and they're like, well, if they go to her, not us. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what? I'll take it. And then Sam's watch goes off because I guess she yeah. set it for whatever the hell time it is. She has to hurl it away. Yeah. She set it for worst o'clock. <laughs> it's just a, it's like a, it's such a weird setup because that is the other time that I mentioned is the only time until this that this watch is brought up at all. It's and I thought. So many more things from that opening car ride and the hanging out were going to come into play, but Not they really. kind of just stop. Not really. It is, it is, you know, you don't, in, in real life, everything that you discuss with your friends, uh, 
shortly before a terrible thing happens to you. They don't always come back in real life. This is a movie, though, so. Yeah. They lay a lot of of groundwork. It's mostly just irritating because the comment about, yeah, you know, PTSD sufferers and comments about low oxygen or gases or whatever in the cave. You might hallucinate. You might do whatever. Everyone's treating Sarah as crazy, but nothing ever comes to that. Oh, yeah. Another thing I meant to bring up, um, like at some I, I don't know where it is in the movie, but at some point, uh, Juno says they're probably two miles deep. Would they yeah. not get the bends? Is that just not a thing if you're not underwater? I'm going to this- check because that's a that's a legit question. Because th- I feel like two miles underground is enough that this could go extremely wrong. But also maybe if you're not in like, if you're not already in a pressurized environment, maybe that's not as much of a deal. Can happen. Seems like it's a less likely thing with caves just because you can't really ascend at the speed that would cause nitrogen bubbles okay yeah yeah no that 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 uh tracks yeah no that's a really good point i saw mention of it with cave diving you have the same thing but yeah uh with caverns you can go down to where the nitrogen pressure changes but it's very hard to ascend at the speed that would cause that all right well great thank you you're welcome Juno rejoins Sam and Rebecca after everyone flails around by wandering back in, just pickaxes one of these things in the neck and then snaps its neck. Wow, where did you learn to do that, Juno? She's trying to be action movie woman, but she gets quickly supplanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Because Sarah, uh, she's... I, it's hard to see what's happening. I think I think it was a bone that she used and she ripped off a bunch of cloth and made a torch. Yeah, she's got the only source of fire for the rest of the movie, which comes into play less than you'd think. Yeah, well, they, the monsters don't see. It's presumably they would feel heat, but we'll, we'll just ignore that. <laughs> I did wonder, yeah, would would they have an issue with that? Do they have some sort of, you know... I kept thinking of more questions about these critters the longer it went on. Yeah, it's not, it's not good to question this movie too much, I think. That's what happens when you give me too much downtime in Virtual <laughs> Boy Vision, though. That's true. Uh, yeah, when, uh, the, when the torch uh, goes off... Uh, this is where the movie gets really, really red. Uh, yeah. The, there's uh, a field of bones and gore just everywhere, uh, which, again, Tomb Raider just just took this just wholesale, <laughs> it turns out. Before, before the Lake of Blood, we yep. get two scenes back to back. Yes. And... Juno has just showed up with Sam and Rebecca, and she says, oh yeah, Beth's dead. Sarah then stumbles into a very alive Beth, who tells her, yeah, Juno got me. She's still alive. She can still talk. 
Yeah. The, I mean, I, do, I don't, I don't think, I, I think they overdid it on the neck wound. I think they needed to aim it for like collarbone or something. Cause yeah, she's just shy of having had her throat torn out by that axe. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, she's like, no, Juno, Juno left me here and she hands over a pendant that she like ripped off of Juno trying to calm her down. And it's like, oh, this was Paul's pendant. Juno was fucking my husband. <laughs> cool. Don't trust her. Mm-hmm. And Beth's like, so this is not getting any better. Can you, like, do something about me existing? Yeah, can, can you... Don't leave me here. Finish it. Finish her. Uh, so, Sarah... <sighs> I, I this seems like a bad way to do it. She finds a really big rock and just squashes Beth's face with it. We don't really see that. It's but it's just one swig, blah. Which I don't know. That seems like there's a really, really strong chance she would just still be alive with a crushed face. Mm. Which is not what not what she wants. In this, that is, that is not her last wish. They don't show it cleanly, so yeah, I just presume she caves in her skull. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, and then Edge. all of the noise and the sobbing lures a crawler over, <laughs> lures oh. a crawler over to instantly ruin the moment. Yep, and so she uh, she falls in the blood pool, which is nearby. Yeah. And this then, is a lake. Yeah. It's a, maybe a pond. Blood pond. Okay. Okay. On bloody pond. And then, and uh, so she falls in. She stays under there for a while. And then there's, uh, there's the shot. The, mm -hmm. the shot that people know this movie for. Just very quietly. Just her head just emerges from the water up to uh, just below her nose. And she looks around. Because as soon as Beth died, we started the fourth movie. <laughs> Which is one woman action film. And from here on out, this is pretty good. This final act is really good. I liked I, I liked I liked this more than the previous part with the them running around panicked from the monsters. Partly because they tr they were trying so hard to make the monsters scary and I just don't like any any time it lingered on them I just don't think they were. The part that makes this work for me is that we start picking the trio off one by one but each of those is a really good scene. And Sarah's just kind of out of things for a bit. You forget about her after the blood until she reemerges. Again, before that, <laughs> is, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what, um, you know, she, she plays a bit of cat and mouse with one of the monsters. And, uh, at, at she crawls out of the blood pond onto a rock and then just stays there completely still while one of the monsters just crawls on her and she's just she's just like yep this is happening we're just 
I'm just going to ride this out. This is my life this week. <laughs> and uh, then we uh, then we go with the other uh, the rest of them for a bit. Because we, yeah. we have we have several characters we need to kill. So Sam, she of the wounded hands, decides that she's going to try and use some of this gear and just make a path for the others. She's climbing up and she's putting spikes in and they're both screaming, no, you don't have enough rope. Sam, <laughs> no, stop. She's, and she's on the ceiling. She's doing pretty well, even if she doesn't have enough rope. And this is the point when a crawler very visibly confirms, yeah, no, these things can just go on the ceiling because it just goes over and Sam is trying to move slowly. She's getting a knife in her teeth because she's trying to hold herself up and it just rips out her throat. Doesn't, you know, no chance to defend. Yeah, she does stab it in the process, though. So that's something. And now her body is just hanging there in midair. Yep. And I, I believe it's just going to stay there. It does. Presumably until the sequel. Did you look at the, did you look up the description of what happens in that one? Uh, I did not read the full plot summary. I still haven't decided if I'm going to try to watch it or not. It's, it seems like a mistake. It definitely looked like one because I did read a summary and a review. Um, I will confirm Sam's body definitely stays up there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, Rebecca gets picked off by another one of these, and yep. once again, Juno's looking out for number one, except she runs around a corner into Sarah. Yes, uh, we, we follow Juno for a while as she, like, uh, there, there, there's water under the, uh, this particular ce ceiling climb, uh, and she jumps off, and there's some fights, and she f goes around, it, it's... It's difficult to describe specifics. It's just, it's fights. Yeah, and there's there's just so many action scenes of, like, battling little packs of these things. Again, this is why I was like, how are there so many? <laughs> and yeah, she runs into Sarah, who is now feral. <laughs> her, her hair is wild. She is covered in blood. She's just... The the uh the distant stare has just become a firm glare. Sarah doesn't go full Rambo until she asks Juno, Hey, you saw Beth die? Oh yeah. It was terrible. And that's when she just has this face. <laughs> She's just calculating, like, okay. Okay, we're doing mm -hmm. this now. But the battle royale begins because apparently saying a few words to each other was enough to lure every one of these things around. Also, uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, they there is an explanation for why they are uh, on a beeline for the actual exit, which is uh, the previous <laughs> the the century old uh, cave uh, explorers did leave uh, arrows uh, showing. Like the the directions that they went, they left markings. Which yeah, by this point we, they have a path to follow to the surface, which we really should have done, I think. Mm-hmm. But we're just getting 
Two Girl Action Fight 2005. Hell yeah. And then it just abruptly stops. It's like, oh, I guess we ran out. Yep. There's no more here. We're good. Or are we? Because Sarah is just holding that pickaxe in her hand out. And Juno's and we just slowly like, slowly oh. pan down. <laughs> Juno's looking at her like, oh shit. Because at the bottom of it, the pendant that Beth had, Paul's pendant, is very visible. <laughs> and uh, Sarah just shoves that axe right into Judo's leg yep. and walks off as her screams attract the creepers. Yep, this is the biggest shot we get of all of them. Uh, it is, this is probably like at least two dozen of them just in the shot. And they're just, uh, they descend upon her, and we don't see what happens. Yep. <laughs> but Sarah's found another bone pit. No, this is a bone staircase. Yes, sorry, a, a, a hill of bones in this crazy world. And uh, I do like the long shot. We don't do a lot of long shots of single characters. So she's just climbing up a metal album cover of spines <laughs> and skulls and ribs. <laughs> she gets out. Yeah, she gets out. She runs. And if, uh, once she gets a certain distance, she just starts screaming. Yeah. She finds the cars. Uh. If you thought she was driving recklessly before, uh, Holy bu buckle shit. up like she did not. Yeah. I don't know that I have seen someone outside of an action movie just straight up do jumps on a mountain <laughs> road like this. Yeah. No. The first priority is get as far away from this as possible. Mm -hmm. She's just on pure adrenaline at this point. And we're seeing her in daylight now, and she's still covered in blood. Mm -hmm. So all of yeah. these shots of her behind the wheel are like another movie that I'm not going to mention that we may do for this show at some point, but okay. very reminiscent. Sure. I don't know what you're referring to. So, yeah, she is going along. She uh, finally, I guess, gets far enough that she is okay with pulling over. And she she does, and she starts to freak out. And, well, we got at least another couple jump scares in us. So a log God. truck just blares right by. I have this down as the truck from Final Destination 2 drives by and honks. Yes, it's on the way to Final <laughs> Destination 2. <laughs> it'll get there soon <laughs> and then you know the thing you do after you come out of this you open your car window and just puke yep we just we just see it we're just right there thanks yep and she tucks herself back in and boo jump scare juno we're done oh yep she's in the passenger seat and she's a scary ghost or something i don't know it was really quick i didn't go back and double check movie's over <laughs> and the credits uh, roll over the last known photo of the group of friends and Unless... this means you can tell which yeah which ending we both watched yep uh there was i'll just read uk ending Following the events of the U.S. ending, Sarah awakens in the cave after hallucinating her escape. 
she sits up to see Jessica sitting across from her. Jessica is her daughter. I don't think we ever said that. Holding a birthday cake. As Sarah smiles, the shot widens to reveal that the cake's birthday candlelight, thank you, is actually the light of her torch. The camera slowly backs out as the crawlers are heard closing in on Sarah, revealing that she is still trapped in the cave. And the sequel makes it very clear that this can't be it. Yeah, uh, I guess from what from what I can tell, the sequel is uh, she makes it back to civilization with memory problems, and uh, the cops don't believe that uh, she went into a a cave nobody's heard of and fought monsters with her friends who are now dead. Yep. And so it's I I I guess she ha they have to take her there to prove it. I'm I it's it just sounds yeah. like a really really big stretch for getting a whole bunch of people back into that same cave. It sounds very flimsy and while I like the description of a couple scenes um Let's just say that there are bigger problems than some of the things we pointed out in this movie immediately. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. The Descent. I... I liked it less than you. I thought it had some good points, but overall, this is not a movie I would recommend to people. Yeah, the talking talking about my uh, my split into four movies. I liked the second one where they were crawling through the cave and it, everything's just getting worse. I thought that mm -hmm. was really tense. I liked the dumb action shit at the end. Yeah. Just when they did just cut loose. The monsters just didn't work for me very well in the, the slower, spookier, spooky-ish, or it's still kind of action-y. Um, the, the, the stalking section, let's say. Um, yeah, the longer this movie let me sit with anything, the more I had problems. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, like I okay, I think to it wasn't scary is really just like one of the laziest criticisms you can put towards a horror movie. So I'm not gonna quite go there. Uh, mm -hmm. I I feel like like I am person your. If you are personally scared of a movie or not is not an indication of the quality of the movie. That is a significant percentage of that is just on you as a person and how you react to things. Mm -hmm. uh, I just ah, they just seemed so silly when she's uh, holding up the camcorder and just watching them eat and one of them just sort of like crawls over towards her and just sticks its dumb face right into their into the camera and just starts going as you can just like see every little bit of it it just doesn't fit with anything else in the movie i think the one that took me out of it and made me laugh them off for 10 minutes is it's the first shot you called out where they lean in and it's filmed very well the light is behind it so you don't get a clear shot but they just hold on one of them 
dripping something from its mouth. <laughs> and it's clearly an homage to Alien because it's the same sticky yep. sort of liquid. It's like, what? what is that? They don't do this any other time. Why did you do that? They've got really dry mouths. There's not a lot <laughs> of water down here. Yeah. Uh, oh, the one dumb thing that happened was uh, Sarah kills one of them in the in the uh, the bone pit. Uh, and then a female comes along. It's like mm. the only good look we get at one of the female monsters. It's usually just uh, the one guy crawling around. Uh, and it's like, I, I, I'm not, I, I think it's fine. It's fine that they've got both sexes of uh, these weird ass nude people, monsters crawling around. I don't like that that's the only female one that we see. And it's just that to react badly to the death of the other one. That was kind of a weird thing. Like it was, it was like, like her mate or something. Like, uh, it, like the monsters can't be upset that their monster friend also died. I don't know. If, again, if it was not just this one particular one in this one scene, it would have been fine. Yeah. Speaking of things this is homaging intentionally or not, <laughs> have you, um, did you see the Will Smith I Am Legend? I did not. No. I okay. heard about it. There's, um, in one of the cuts, there's a scene at the end where, just to add the only bit that ties back into the original novel... These feral critters all take one of their buddies who has died and they pull him away for what might be like a funeral or burial ceremony. It's like, oh, my God, they're sentient. Oh, my it's God. Like, That's what they're doing here, but with way creepier critters. <laughs> sure. <sighs> didn't they like not not to get into a completely different movie, but didn't they have like a completely different ending? Like to like an alternate ending for it. Yeah, that also on, had two endings, depending on like if you saw it on video or not. Yeah, and not uh, that, not not like this one where it was just like an extension, uh, but just no, like just completely wildly divergent. Yeah, that movie makes me angry because uh, the original story, which we got a pretty good adaptation of as the Omega Man, um. I I love that story, and so that being the version of the film that they put on the screen with the name and butchering it so bad really <laughs> pisses me off. Yeah, I I could I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. Do you got anything else about the descent? I don't. Uh, I I overall I liked it. I I did just definitely significant flaws and i had not considered uh just how much of this movie was just uh crawling around in caves when uh intending to talk about it on a podcast <laughs> and we still got about our average length out of it so it's not too yeah. bad yeah we we figured it out it took took a little bit i don't think this is an avoid at all costs it's just not a recommendation for me sure. there are highs there's more lows to me okay I, I would say it's pretty good. I liked it. Two out of five here. I'll give it like three and a half. Mm hmm. Are we rating movies now? Should we do this? 
I think we've bounced around just kind of giving a loose one, but I don't have a scale, so screw okay. it. I'll I'll uh I'll think of a scale. Okay. If you think of a scale, I will gladly retrofit our stuff. Okay. There we go. All right. So, uh now that we've actually talked about the movie, <laughs> what are we going to do next time? So, I've been playing a lot of this video game that came out, Shin Megami Tensei V. And it started out based on a series of very bad Japanese pulp novels. Uh, if you haven't read them, it's pretty awful. But because our rule is that whatever we watch has to be something that's easily streaming accessible, I can't say, let's watch the bad anime OVA based on it. <laughs> Are you I sure? can, however. Are you sure it's not on, like, High Dive? <laughs> I did check. Trust me, I went down a chain to get to where we're going this next week. Okay. Because, you see, I did find its non-union Western equivalent. Oh, no. <laughs> which is, have you ever seen 1981's Evil Speak? It's No. <laughs> no, that's a hell of a title. So, a fat kid in military school decides to use a computer on campus to summon the devil through a pact and get revenge on everyone here. Okay. And the student is Clint Howard. Okay, sure. You're in for some time. 1981 movie about computers, uh, that already tells me quite a bit like uh oh yeah when was war games 1983 that that's i would assume war games is more realistic yes yeah you're this movie is if i didn't know better i would say someone had heard about those novels and was trying to just do a numbers filed off adaptation because <laughs> There's more than a few similarities, so we're going to have a time. This is on Shudder. You can rent it on Amazon Prime or YouTube. Yeah. All right. Boy, the, all, all of the screenshots look like something. Uh, oh, yeah. We are going to be in Camp Town, baby. Okay. <laughs> a $1 million budget. Nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out next time. Uh, so, yeah. Um... Thank you for listening. Uh, CheapScaresCast at gmail.com if you want to send an email. Uh, on Twitter, it is at CheapScares. Uh, just everything is just one word. Uh, YouTube, I don't have a custom URL or anything, but uh, just search CheapScares Podcast and follow. If, if there's more than one, find the one that's got the same logo as whatever you're listening to now. And uh, yeah, just uh, if you have something to say to us, just let us know and we'll uh yeah we'll see you next time bye bye